So I have brought you some really awesome guests from the musical theater, television, and film world. And I've done that for two years, and I'm so thankful to have gotten the opportunity to do that. And I'm so thankful that you listen and you enjoy them. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback over these past six or seven months that I should use my platform for um, a couple different things. And so I've decided to, every month give you a guest that has a chronic illness. And I would love, I've invited them on to talk about their chronic illness, uh, any foundation that they may be associated with, and um, research and facts and information about their chronic illness. And my first guest uh, comes to me from a mutual friend of ours. And uh, it was a joy to interview her and a joy to talk to her. I asked her what she wanted her inter- or her uh, entrance music to be. And she said, this is me from The Greatest Showman, which truly is one of the biggest testaments to who this woman is. Um, She is a ballroom dancer, a cerebral palsy advocate, warrior, and fighter. She truly embodies an incredible woman, an incredible human being. Um, I I don't want to waste any more time with my voice, and I would love to introduce you to Lauren Wallier. And I'm so excited that she is on the show today, and you get to hear her story and her journey. Hi, my name's Lauren Wallier, and I'm currently living in Atlanta, Georgia. So, Lauren, I'm excited that you joined me on this lovely podcast. So, for the past couple seasons, we've done a really entertainment-based podcast, and it's been uh, theater and dance and music and television and film, which has been so amazing. But over this year, I've found that there's such a need to raise awareness for chronic illness and what chronic illness is and you know, the different faces, if you will, of chronic illness. So I'm so happy that you've joined me. And I would like to talk about you first before we talk about, quote, the illness. So tell us a little bit about who you are. I'm 19 years old. Uh, I currently study at Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. I'm studying my undergraduate degree in communication or hopeful communication. I'm currently undefeated. Um, I run a nonprofit foundation called the Make Lemonade Foundation for Cerebral Policy to help children and individuals living with disabilities. And um, at this moment, I'm also a ballroom dancer, and I ballroom dance with a world champion named uh, Mayor Allen, and he is my my best friend, and I'm also co-authoring a children's book, which I hope will be released fairly soon, and that's all that comes to my memory about now. It's kind of busy. So essentially, just nothing. You're just so bored at home doing... No, I'm kidding. That's amazing. (laughs) So can you tell me the name of your foundation one more time? Yes, it's called the Make Lemon Aid Foundation for CP. And aid is spelled kind of different. It's spelled A-I-D-E, and it's two words. So can so you... Lemon. That's amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about how this foundation started and what inspired this foundation? So 
I have a, I have a disability called cerebral palsy, um, hence the name of the foundation. And when I was 12 years old, I went to my first uh, cerebral palsy awareness meeting at the CDC in Atlanta, and I learned that there was no federal funding for cerebral palsy research. On top of that, it affected 17 million people worldwide. And on top of that, it's called the forgotten disability. And on top of that, it's the number one motor disability found in children. So when I learned all this at 12, and I looked around at all of the children and the individuals and the families in the room. I suddenly figured out why all the therapy I had done had never made a lasting impact on my body and on, on theirs as well. And I suddenly realized that if nothing's being done, if we have no support from the government, we have no awareness, no protocols, and therefore no treatments, there's nothing being done to help these, these four kids, and they'll just get progressively worse as they get older. And so when I learned that, I was like, okay, I am verbal, and I had just started gaining a little bit of function back uh, through this really cutting-edge therapy program that I've uh, participated in for about six or seven years called the Symptom Recovery Model, which is also uh, located here in uh, Fayetteville, Georgia. And um, it was just mind-blowing to me that if I didn't do something now, there would probably be no future for any of us with the direction that it was currently in and could go in. And so I was like, I have to be the one to do something because if I don't, who will? And that's one of my huge, huge passions. And I'm uh, very proud to say that we started accomplishing, started accomplishing that, started accomplishing helping people in the now. That's amazing. So at 12 years old, you decided to make a difference. And what a big one you've made. That's incredible. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So now, with that being said, can you explain a little bit to our listeners who might not know what exactly CP or cerebral palsy is? Cerebral palsy... is caused by a brain bleed in utero up to three years old. And so how I like to explain it is it's kind of like when you have a stroke in an adult, but it's in a baby. And depending on which hemisphere of the brain or hemispheres the bleed occurs will determine how it affects that child. But I think a lot of the time they don't even really know how the therapy is caused, which shows you right there that, you know, we're kind of still in the deep dark ages. But for me, it's really affected my gross motor and fine motor. So affected my walking. You could definitely tell that there was something different about my gait. Um, It affected my my breathing. I kind of make a little noise when I breathe, as you can tell. I have a narrow airway, so that also... Um, causes that, and I, I believe the official definition is um, with the narrow airway, the bivocal paralysis. And um, it also took me a really long time to learn how to read and write, but now I read 
uh, at a very high level and I have very beautiful handwriting. I like to think anyway. <laughs> and um, I, so basically I had to work really, really hard mm-hmm. for just all these little things. But in the grand scheme, it ranges from mild to moderate to severe. And um, someone who's severe can never walk or talk or feed themselves or dress themselves. And um, they can have over 100 seizures a day. Some may not even make it to adulthood. And, um, you know, that's really, really sad. And it's heartbreaking. And it's real for these families. And it's so it's so heartbreaking what they have to go through. So it's, it's, it's not a cookie-cutter disability. It affects everyone differently. It's kind of like taking a survey and checking all the different boxes and seeing what your, what your results are at the end. Or, like, if you're making Christmas cookies, since it's still kind of a holiday season, you can have snowflakes and snowmen and reindeer and Christmas trees and, you know, all these different things. And it doesn't, it's never the same for one person. So, wow, I actually did not know a lot of this. So, what are some do's and don'ts that you would encourage people in terms of communicating and dealing with somebody with cerebral palsy? One thing that I have found um, through my own experiences and really through anyone with a disability is uh, that they just want to be accepted Mm -hmm. and uh, included. And uh, that's kind of my message for my foundation in 2018 is acceptance and inclusion. And at college, I just learned that there's a very big difference between those two words. And um, I, I would just say, you know, be the one to, like, put yourself out there to these kids who have a disability because all they want is to uh, have the same things that kids without disabilities have, like friends and, you know, someone to talk to, someone to hang out with, but not out of, not out of pity, out of actual genuine kindness. Um, you know, they go through so much. So at the end of the day, it would be so amazing um, if people would just, I don't know, kind of just have a different outlook and and see people with disabilities in a positive light instead of automatically jumping to the fact that there's something wrong or or being afraid or um you know or not including them in any sort of uh, social manner and that's really really that's heartbreaking for me because you know I was always. I, I was just told by someone that what if we have these special glasses that we can wear and in wearing the glasses and if you looked at someone who had any sort of challenge or difference about them, that that would automatically turn into positivity and you wouldn't just see the disability. You would see all the amazing things about the person. And think about if we all could do that, what a different world that would be yeah. because all these kids want is to be included and accepted for who they are and loved for who they are because they are such special people that oftentimes it takes the person who is not disabled to have the courage to go up and show them that. 
to go up and be their friend because sometimes they don't know how. So they kind of need that wisdom and that guidance from someone else and it can go from there. And you don't know how that small act of kindness by, you know, inviting someone to sit at lunch with you can completely change their life and you could then be exposed to this amazing person that you would never know otherwise. And think about that. You would just make this beautiful friend because you were open about it instead of being closed off. And at the end of the day, you're going to feel good because you made them feel good. So it's like a, it's a win-win. You, there's nothing bad that can, can come out of a situation like that, especially when you're kind of at rock bottom to begin with. So, wow. So how did you get into ballroom dancing? I'm curious about how that started. Well, it was a dream of mine ever since I was little, and I was always really interested um, in ballet, but I knew uh, with the feet deformity that I had that that probably wouldn't be a possibility. And when I was younger, there wasn't a lot of, um, there wasn't any, not a lot of, there wasn't any classes for kids with disabilities in dance. Um, But I grew up watching old movies, and so that. Now, when I say old movies, I mean like Fred and Sarah, Ginger Rogers, Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, like those old movies. And that had sparked my interest uh, for dance initially. And um, I just always wanted to look like the people I watched um, on the screen and never gave up on that. I never gave up on the, the possibility of one day doing that. And then when I was 16 years old, I met my first coach, um, and at that time, I was in a walker, for, and I gained that functionality through the, the therapy program that I mentioned earlier called the Symptom Recovery Model, because I had originally started in a wheelchair, and I was in my wheelchair almost permanently, so by the time I made it to my walker, I met my first coach, but then I realized I wasn't still strong enough or coordinated enough um, to dance. And so that kind of, it wasn't quite ready to happen yet. And then I think about a year later, I had progressed to a one-arm crutch and I had called him back and I said, you know, hey, you know, basically does the offer still stand? Would you still want to dance with me? And he said, yes. And that was just so amazing because I finally got to start getting my feet wet in the sport that I had loved for so long. And um, we danced together for a little bit, and then I um, I danced with someone else for a little bit, and then I met my my current partner and coach, uh, Mayo Allenin, and um, he was on, a featured professional on Dancing with Stars. He's uh, decorated to the nines, and um, but above all that, he's just the most amazing kind-hearted human being. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He is my best friend. Um, and he and I met, and it's, I love our story because it shows uh, his kindness um, in, in every way and just how beautiful his heart is. 
And it shows kind of the message that I'm preaching here, which is acceptance and inclusion. And um, we had had a mutual friend and she had told him a little bit about me, just enough to kind of grab his ear. And uh, he had then messaged me the next day on Facebook and invited me to come dance with him um, in New York and have a free lesson. And then that free lesson turned into what we are now, which is a full-blown partnership, hopefully forever. He's stuck with me forever. But we put together this um, world tour this last year, and we spread tons of awareness and and raised funds for my foundation. He's also on the celebrity board of our foundation and is a huge supporter of what we do as well as having his own nonprofit. So... He is just this amazing, amazing man, but he has really allowed um, my dancing to, to take off, and I hope that we'll be dancing together That's amazing. forever. So, That's okay. amazing. So, did when you started ballroom dancing, did that present challenges in a way? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, there's, there's, there's definitely still challenges. Um, my balance was a big thing in the beginning uh, before I had met Mayo because I, I was still using a de- uh, assistive device. So then letting go of that and learning how to kind of balance on my own was was a really big deal. And then coordinating all the different movements, uh, the legs, the arms, the head, sending the message from the, the brain to the feet to get the timing was timing correct. There were a lot of different challenges that presented itself um, and challenges that still do, but um, we've been able to work through and work around, and I've gained so much function and progressed so much uh, from Nancy Mayo, and it is truly amazing to see where I started and then where I am now. And, um, you know, every challenge that is presented is um, it can be slightly frustrating, but it's also really fun because then when you accomplish it, you're like, I did it. Like, this is amazing. You know, I'm so proud of myself. And then you, you move on to the next one. So it kind of keeps you going and it's um, a wonderful source of fuel and uh, kind of reiterates hard work, which is, which is wonderful. And I, so I've gone from bronze, which is kind of like the bottom tier, and now I'm moving up to silver in um, American Smooth. And then um, uh, we're putting together a new show, which I believe will be a combination of silver and open. So it's really wonderful to watch how in the competitive world, um, that I've not only gone up in levels, but um, I've gotten to share the floor with really amazing dancers and have had amazing experiences um, to get invited and to have performed at these very prestigious competitions, all while raising awareness and funds for my foundation. So it's truly been a remarkable, unforgettable experience. That's incredible. So we've all had these experiences and we've all tried really hard to educate and to inform people. And it's, it's not always easy. Have you ever had 
people say things to you that I call it personally the double blink, where all you can do is just stare. Like, you can't actually believe that someone just asked you that. Or yeah. asked it in that way. So kind of like you're, you're, uh, you're shocked or you're in, it, it kind of takes you aback. It, it can take you in um, any emotion you want it to. Trust me. I've had shocked, taken aback, and, like, I actually just might hit you, but I'm not going to. Um, I've definitely had uh, experiences um, where it's hard to believe what just happened, but I was taught to always kind of handle it with grace and to give uh, people my heart and to show them something positive, no matter how negative the experience might be. And um, so there have definitely been times, I think more when I was little that I didn't notice, but if you look back and um, hear my parents' stories and kind of, thread the little pieces of memory together you know there were times as a child maybe I couldn't understand but looking back going why would why would someone say that to you and there, one time my mom told me there was a there was a gentleman you know an adult who said um, what's wrong with her and my mom was I think blown away by what had just happened um, because that right there shows where the world kind of stood for someone who was different. And um, it's kind of my job to, to change that. That shouldn't be a thing. And um, it's my job to educate the people who, who think that way. And you may not touch everybody, but the thing is you tried and I love the way I was raised to handle it because it's, it's showing them that no matter what they say, what they do, if it's rude, if they don't understand, that you're secure within yourself and they can't be that bully. So it's it's being the bigger person and I love that I was raised to, to show them something positive and what they could think is negative. And, um, you know, at the same time, I tell people to take fear out of the equation. I think sometimes the reason people behave that way is they don't know what to do when they see someone who is different they haven't been exposed to it and I find if you're not directly um related to it whether it's your a family member or a friend or someone who's influenced you if you don't have that um that influence you know in your life people can be unsure of how to handle things and um so that then it's my job as well as other people's job to educate. Um, and I find positivity is the best way to do that because then you're showing them what you want to take away. So speaking of influencing and all of that stuff, you must have an incredible support system. 
Oh, I do. I, I do. I have uh, two of the world's best parents and the most amazing little sister. Um, and I know that. Mayo knows that. I think everyone kind of knows that. And and my extended family, like my aunts and my uncles and my grandparents, um, they're just phenomenal. And to have an entire family. Now, my, my dad comes from a huge family, and then my mom is slightly smaller. But when you add those two together, all those people supporting you and your dreams, and your desires and your goals, it, it kind of makes you feel unstoppable when you have those people to lean on and know that they'll be there to support you kind of no matter what. And that's truly fantastic. And I hope um, that other people have that as well because it truly gives you the fuel to conquer your dreams. You are an amazing woman. I just want to put that out there. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. If you could go back and tell 11 or 10-year-old Lauren something, what would it be? Um, Knowing what you know now, what would you go back and tell yourself? That everything's going to be okay that everything's going to be okay, that you're going to go to school and you're going to make the most amazing friends and you shouldn't worry anymore because mm. it'll all be okay. And, and that no matter what happens, there's still that rainbow yep. on the other side. And no matter how dark the sky gets, there was still be sunshine and I feel like um mayo is a huge part of my, my sunshine and if I had only known that I was gonna meet him when I was ten or eleven years old, that would have changed a lot. But I am now so grateful. I mean I always was but after going through a time where I didn't have friends and social connections anymore because I was homeschooled all through high school and the end of middle school um, for my therapy program so that I could get the most um, functionality and make the most gains. If I could go back and tell myself not to worry and that there's someone amazing waiting for me and waiting to be my friend, then that would be pretty amazing. But I guess we all live and learn, right? I wouldn't Amen. I I don't know if I would have been as appreciative of him and and I don't know if I would have been as grateful for him right. if I didn't go through that insanely long period of um, isolation in a way. Yeah. I mean I had my um, amazing family, and uh, and I have the most fun, uh, silly, playful mom who can just put a smile on your face no matter what. But and I was really proud of myself because at school, I kind of, out of all my friends, I kind of felt like her, which is which is happy, made me happy. And um, 
But not only Mayo and his wife, Randy, and now their son have become our family. And so if I could have gone back and said, these people are waiting for you, then that could have been a definite turning point. And just not to worry about life in general. I'm a big worrier. So that could have taken some stress off of the little version of me. It would have done a lot different. One of the hardest things about doing a podcast from satellite or from doing it over the phone is that you can't hug the person that you want to hug right now. And so I just wanted to let you know that in my mind, I'm hugging you just so that you're aware. Well, I'm hugging you back. A great big hug. I like hugs. I'm so glad. So, gosh, you have managed to essentially defy the odds in many ways. And you have managed to... One, be a beacon of positivity for other young boys and girls who are going through what you have gone through. Two, you are an accomplished ballroom dancer. Like, accomplished, everybody. Like, incredibly accomplished. That's insane. Where was I? Three? Am I at three? I don't know where I am. It doesn't matter. Three, you are so positive throughout what could be very life-destroying. And you have found a way to, one, shed light on the situation, two, make a difference. And I, there, I've taught in the middle school level, and there are very few middle schoolers that wake up and think the way that you do. And I'm not saying none of them do, but think the way that you do in how can they make a difference. And that's incredible. And that is something you should be very proud of for yourself. Well, thank you. And what's kind of amazing about all of it is um, you mentioned the dancing and the, the show dance that me and I did last year was called The Swan. And that's what my children's book is kind of based off of. It's based off of the show dance and then it's based off of our friendship. And I feel like the book encompasses all that you just mentioned. And what's so amazing about that is I hope that that will be a continuing beacon of light, as you said, for the children, disabled or not, and continue to spread not just my message, but our message to a whole new generation of children and show them that anything is possible through love friendship and acceptance. What do you want? So if you had to leave, and I'm not saying leave this earth, but if you had to leave a legacy, what would that, what would you want that to be? Acceptance and inclusion for everyone of every physical, mental, skin color, hair color, you name it. Everyone's accepted and included and loved and appreciated for who they are on the inside and not necessarily what they're struggling with or what they look like on the outside. And I think if that happened, if we became better, happier, more positive, fulfilled, and complete human beings, then I think that would slowly be one step to change the world. And 
you know, when people have challenges of any kind, they're typically kind of pushed to the side and, and instead I feel like they should be highlighted and they should grow. And I feel like everyone should love everyone no matter what because if we don't do that, you could be missing out on this super cool human being that you would never know otherwise. And it's not people with disabilities. It's not just them. It's everybody. It's the people at school that get bullied because the bully thinks she's prettier than this person or that person. And you have to inflect your pain onto that person. And so I feel like if we were, if, if we were given a more complete self and a more complete and whole person to then project that on other people, Mm -hmm. then we would hopefully all together, you know, change the world. And there would be so much more positive, positive outreach instead of, you know, all that's going on in the world right now. And, but I feel like it starts from the inside. And my mom always said that if you put out positivity, that's what you'll get back. Exactly. And I, I truly believe that. So and true. it doesn't mean that everyone has to be, you know, positive 100% of the time. We are human. But it's, it's having that outlook, hopefully the majority of the time, about situations. And just being open-minded to all possibilities and never putting yourself in the box. Because if you do, there's a whole world out there that you'll never get to experience. Like, can we, can you just be my best friend? Like, I'm so blown away by you right now. Oh, thank you. Of course. It's so cool. Of course. And you know what I think is... Will you be my best friend? Absolutely no questions asked forever and ever. Amen. I think what's so cool is to find, and I I hesitate to say it this way, but I'm going to do it anyways because it's my show and I produce it and nobody can cancel me, so there's that. Um, it's It's sometimes difficult to find people that are positive over the cards that they were dealt. And... It, in the same breath, and you said it so perfectly, and I completely agree because I've had the same situation, is that we're human. We're not going to be positive all the time. But it, I, in my opinion, it takes a lot of effort to be grumpy all the time about it and to sit at home. I'm, I'm a busybody. I can't sit at home for more than three days and then I get ridiculously stir-crazy. So I just can't imagine not doing something and defying those odds and my mom, like your mom, I think they would be really great friends, was so positive and there really wasn't ever a no situation in my mm-hmm. life. There was never a we can't, you can't, we shouldn't, we're not going to. It was always give me a day or two to figure out a plan and then let's go do it. You know? Right. And growing up with right. a central line and, you know, things that could be infected really easily, like having hospital stays and stuff like that. Doctors would always say he shouldn't swim. He shouldn't be in a hot tub. He should never go on a lake in an ocean and all that stuff. 
and I did it. We found a way to do it. And I'm, you know, now 20 something years old. It, it happened. I don't love swimming in oceans and lakes because I'm very pretentious and I like heated pools, but, um, it all happened. And I think the ability to say yes and, or yes, but let's wait and figure out a really good plan was always so prevalent in my house. And it seems like it was in yours. There was never really a no. You know, we're always going to figure out how to do it and we're going to figure out a way around it. And it's so funny. Someone recently told me that I do things on my own timeline. So I may not meet all the mile markers like everyone else does, but I'll do it eventually. And um, I think there's something really powerful to be said for that. And just like you, you know what I mean? It doesn't, just because we're different doesn't mean that we're any less capable. And I believe that everyone has a gift and this disability is is definitely part of mine. And again, when you're giving someone, you're the one who truly receives in return. And I just, saw that at my London Twist Gala, we had awarded um, a little girl and her family with CP um, 10 free hours of therapy and then matched that. My my program, I gave in 10 free hours of therapy and our foundation matched it. And to see the look on her parents' faces and the tears that flowed down their faces and right. to see how happy she was was truly, like, reminded me why we do what we do. Absolutely. And I think that's something that should never be lost, but it doesn't have to be something as big as a foundation that's not for everybody. It can be something as simple as shaking someone's hand, opening the door for them, asking them how they're doing, giving a smile to someone. Like, one of our favorite movies in the house is Elf. And... My favorite quote is, smiling's my favorite, because it is, and you don't know how that can change someone's life if they're contemplating suicide, if they live in a broken home. You don't know what that right. will do. Or even if they're just having a bad day, they'll be grateful for it. And so it's little things like that um, that can change people's lives. Like, I want to... um to NASA and we went on this ride and there was this older man probably in his 80s or 90s and he was very frail and we picked up an oxygen tank and I just kind of went up and started chatting to him because he was working at his post and I figured that more than half of the people that go on that ride probably say nothing to him you know when they say put your bag over here and you know only wear these garments and you know, make sure your phone's away and all that stuff. And I just started chatting with him. And you could tell that probably made him feel really, really good because no one probably goes up and starts chatting with him. And it made me feel good because I got to make him smile. And that's always my goal. I can make someone smile. Um, That's the end of the day. That's what I want to remember at the end of the day. And I feel like, if I have one more wish, 
it just my peers and the people around me realize that too because like I said it doesn't have to be something as big and as grand as this it can be the smallest thing and then they too are a product of positive change right and I feel like if you have all these products of positive change then it would do nothing but good for everyone in the world and that's kind of the goal is to change the world one one step at a time. Absolutely. Um, so now let's jump 10 years later. So you'll be some age, because I can't do math at this very second, because I can't remember how old you are at this I'll, moment. I'll, I'll be about 29 or 30. Oh, my God. 20. So fast <laughs> forward 10 years from now, what do you hope to accomplish Oh boy, well, I hope to accomplish completing my undergraduate degree, because that's where I am now. Uh, hopefully going to law school um, and becoming a lawyer and um, helping children with disabilities, helping the disabled community in some way. I don't know what that is yet, but um, uh, I have lots of family members who are lawyers, so I'm starting to figure that out. And uh, for my foundation to become as vast and contagious as the Susan G. Coleman Foundation. Okay. And so that way it helps everyone affected by CP. That way it could branch even farther than I will ever imagine. And that way one day, at a personal level, hopefully there is a world of acceptance, love, and inclusion. And then hopefully cerebral palsy is no longer called the forgotten disability. Hopefully all, you know, on a personal level, like, you know, be happy with my life and, you know, hopefully be married with kids or at least with someone. And then a couple of years later, married with kids. Um, that was something I used to be worried about when I was little, if I was going to get married and have children. And would someone want me like that as I got older? That was the, the reoccurring kind of worry for me. But now I know that that'll happen now that I'm older and see the world through, through slightly more grown-up glasses. Um, so does that mean, and, and because I feel like it and I can, so you're saying now you know that that is going to happen? Does that mean that there's somebody in the picture? Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm, I'm single, and I'm okay with being single. All right, I was I'm just going to, listen, we were just going to ouch out on the middle of my podcast, and it was going to be great, so I don't know. <laughs> I would, you know, yeah, that would be, that would be amazing. I couldn't say no. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm single, I'm a strong, independent woman, and I'm okay with it. And you- I know that when the right person comes along... Um, I'll know, and I don't mind. I don't mind waiting. I'm not going to settle. Good, good so, girl. Um, you know, I'm I'm still kind of waiting for that first kiss, like every girl, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. So, you know, just just waiting. But I, uh, I no, I believe that one day I'll be married with children, and um, I feel it in my heart, and. I got to watch the the love of my parents and the support of my parents. I've never quite seen a, a, a support group and a bond like they have. And um, 
I get to watch Mayo and his wife, and they become, uh, they added a whole new layer to color in order to find the one there, kind of my current big inspiration for that, and then my great great grandparents, sorry, only one great, my great grandparents as well. <laughs> and so I have, I have high standards, not standards that aren't unreachable, but I'm not willing to settle for just anybody. And um, I have a lot to do between now and the time that I'm 30. So um, the personal the personal outlook of life will, will come when it's meant to. But until then, I, I plan to be busy and to surround myself with people that are mature and kind and that have ambition and hopefully, you know, Mr. Wright will be in there someday and that people. So we'll see what happens. That's amazing. So now I want to talk about something a little bit less heavy, but still okay. just as fun. I, I think you're incredible. I just want to put that out there. I'm excited to meet you in person and I'm excited to chat with you more and to see how you're doing in life and in your undergrad program and all that stuff. But we'll get there at the oh, end of the podcast. So I want to okay. do a little bit of rapid fire. I want to know, I want our listeners to know some things about you, and I would like to know some things about you. Okay. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Yeah. What is your middle name? Elizabeth. What's your favorite color? Uh, pink and yellow. Am <laughs> I allowed to have two? You can have two. It's okay. <laughs> What's your favorite TV show? Oh no! Um, oh no! Maybe The Bachelor, kind of the the one show that I watch with my mom. That's we call funny. it our trash TV. And it, so that is exactly <laughs> what it is. But I'm it's sorry. A, it's exactly what it is. But it's addicting. I'm telling you, I watch it, it too. Why lie? It, it really is. Oh, <laughs> love it. Um, favorite movie. Oh, no. I have a lot of favorite movies, but I would say my favorite movie is The Pursuit of Happiness. What is it? The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. You're, like, going way back. I love that movie. It's a cute movie. Um, Let's see. What is your favorite candy? Um, I can't eat uh, processed sugar, so I would have to say fruit. Okay. What's your favorite fruit? Um, either banana or strawberry. What is your least favorite fruit? Oh boy. Maybe kiwi? <laughs> I think. Okay. What is, so before a dance competition, what is your favorite pre-show meal? Something light. Just something like a salad, something with a little protein to give me energy. <laughs> Um, but nothing too heavy because I'm usually up in the air and I don't want to throw up on mayo. So that's that's very kind. I agree with you. <laughs> and what is your favorite post show meal? So you finished the competition, you killed it. What are we eating? Um, if I can, some sort of pasta or potatoes, so like carb carb up, so I'm ready for the next day. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite food? Boy, um, I don't know. I kind of, I'm pretty good with all 
I think. Um, if it, it, it's changed a lot because of the diet that I'm on, I'm pretty good with vegetables. I don't know. I have to think about that one. I'd have to think about that one. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I- Sorry, that's not a very good answer. No, it's okay. <laughs> but, uh... I- so, okay. Are I- you- no, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of any vegetables that I don't like right now. Usually people say they're vegetables, but I, uh, I like my veggies. I, I love them, too. Most of them. I don't like cauliflower. That's the thing I don't like. Ugh. I don't know why. It's not a thing. Um... Are you a jeans or a sweatpants kind of girl? Probably high-rise jeans, but I could go either way. Do you like the messy bun, or do you always have a face on when you leave the house? Probably messy. I can't do a, any other type of bun. It would take me a long time. So <laughs> mess. Um, where's your favorite vacation spot? Um... Lake Como uh, in, in Europe, or um, if we were talking about in, in the States in the U.S., it would be uh, uh, St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, it's so beautiful there. Oh, my gosh. So gorgeous. Oh, in Verona. Verona, Italy. So okay. Those are my, my, three, my three places. Wow. Um, East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. Uh, what's your favorite season? Summer or spring. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Why? Um, it's the time that I get to be with my family. Mm-hmm. We kind of do it in reverse. You, you know, usually the extended family is together for Thanksgiving and then the immediate families um, together for Christmas. But because my dad comes from such a big family, they all kind of gather in Buffalo, New York for Christmas because that's where my, my parents are from. And then my mom still has a lot of family who live there and, and near there. So Christmas is always really special because I got to go home and see my family. Um <laughs> I just feel like it's how you everyone's really happy and cheery and, you know, everything's just so uh, bright and magical and it's such a season of giving. So it can turn even the most negative people into positive ones. So there's a lot of good that comes, comes with that. Now, did I know that your family was from Buffalo, New York? Did we talk about I this? I don't think so. Because, fun fact... No. My family and I are from Syracuse, New York. Oh my gosh! Right? My dad, dad was born in Syracuse. Really? So was I. And my grandpa went to college in Syracuse, Syracuse University. Very good school. Very cold. Very good school. Yeah, I'm. I love going home to Buffalo, but I I love the city. Hey, tell me about it. You're right. So, listen, this has been eye-opening, incredible, inspiring, as I just hoped it would, and you have exceeded everything. And I'm so excited for people to hear this, and I'm excited for, 
I'm excited to be able to use this platform for a little bit of a different thing this year that works for everybody. And so, um, how do we look up your foundation? How do we follow you? How do we see what you're up to? I want our listeners to be able to find you and just support you through social media, through your foundation. How do we do all of that? Do you have websites and Instagram handles and Twitter handles? Tell us everything. So um, my website is www.makelemonade.org. Again, it's aid with an E, so A-I-D-E. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and so it's the foundation on all three of those. And uh, on Facebook, it's the Make Lemonade Foundation uh, for the party. So, and um, it's it's very funny because we got a little bit of a different name on all three platforms. So, um, it can be slightly confusing, but the Facebook is the Make Lemonade Foundation. Um, I'm sorry, totally. I can know my own I got tongue tied. Facebook is McLemonade um, for Civil Policy. And um, if you kind of start searching those keywords on the other social media platforms, um, it'll come up. Instagram kind of funny. Um, every word is underscored. So it's make underscore. Uh, lemon underscore eight underscore the whole thing is underscored so it's Solomon and the foundation underscored on Instagram and then on Twitter it's lemon eight or CP and so like I said if you kind of just search those keywords um, because I know it can be a tag confusing with you know different social media names on each one um, it should pop up and you'll see our bright lemon logo and that's us and um, if they have any questions or concerns, I know that was slightly confusing. Uh, they can reach out to us directly on the website and the different social media platforms as well. That's amazing. So you are going back to school and you are going to continue your degree while making a difference in other people's lives and while rocking it on the dance floor. And I could not be more excited to see what this 2018 looks like for you. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited about it as well. And it's been an honor and a privilege. And I can't wait to get to know you better. So thank you so much, Lauren, for being here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And I'm so thrilled that we've gotten to learn about your day-to-day life, your accomplishments, your achievements, your foundation, your children's book, all of the things that just make you who you are. And so we will certainly visit makelemonade.org on Facebook, on Twitter, Insta. We're going to find you. It's going to be fantastic. I will post the website on my uh, Facebook as well and hope that we all can just follow your career and follow all the things that you will achieve. I don't want to say hope to achieve. You will achieve them. So thank you so much for being on today. And I am so appreciative that you took some time out of your day before heading back to school to talk to us about cerebral palsy and about you. So thank you again. And we will talk to you soon. Well, thank you so much for having me, Roy. It was a pleasure. Thank you again. Talk soon. Bye.